Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie out of the greater Cincinnati area. And today we're going to be talking about attics. And the title of this episode is The Air in Your Attic but don't air, E-R-R, with your attic. Yeah, sounds a little corny, but it's a good title. And there's lots of stuff to air with your attic, and we don't want to do that. So, we're going to talk about all aspects of attics, and they are very important. And you will see by the end of this episode, or no, by the end of this episode... Some things you should do, some things you shouldn't do, how to take care of your attic, what are some issues we see during inspections, what are some things that um, transition between older houses and newer houses and adaptations that are necessary. Who might live in your attic and not pay rent and needs to be evicted? Yeah, we're going to cover that too. So without further ado, what is an attic? An attic is a space above the main living area that keeps water off the house, or I should say, keeps water um, because of the roof from entering the other parts of your living area. It is that dead space that is used for that. But there's another, probably even just as important aspect or purpose of an attic that people don't think about. An attic is purposed to distribute all of the loads that the roof takes on in the event that heavy stuff is on the roof and the roof itself because it is heavy. When I say load, what do I mean? Static loads, uh, also wind. So you have dynamic loads, which are wind. You have static loads, which basically could be accumulated snow, ice, and other things that sit on your roof. And boy, have I ever seen some, uh, <laughs> some interesting videos on Facebook on, on people in very cold areas like Russia, some of the areas where people climb onto the roof and remove the snow, and the process of doing that is just incredible. Um, that's quite a bit of load, and when you have snow that deep, the amount of weight that it can take on and cause uh, roof truss members to snap, break, and and all that horrible stuff, you do want to get that off the house as soon as possible. So, but we're not going to talk too much about extraordinarily cold climates like that. But, so so again, your attic purpose is twofold. It's a dead space that is meant to help shed because of the pitch of the roof, um, shed the water off of the house and to to house the dead space from, from the roof being above it. And then to distribute the load so that your house does not take too much load in one spot and cause undue damage to foundations or interior walls, exterior walls, and so forth. And so when we inspect attics, number one, we want to be able to get in there. Sometimes there are areas that we can't get in because somebody has rigged up a painted door that is screwed shut and would really require a whole lot of what we call intrusive work to get in there. Might require another visit to the house because that was sealed off at the time of the inspection. 
We also want to make sure that there's no cars parked below an attic entry so that we can get in that attic. Same thing for master bedroom closets or uh, closets in general. Some of the spaces to get to an, uh, an attic tend to be so blocked off and difficult that we just can't get in there. I have contorted my body to shapes that I never thought I could do to try to lean the ladder against the shelf in a closet that's been put on by some professional installer with no future thought of ever getting in that attic ever again and the shelves are so screwed in and and impossible to get out that um, sometimes I've leaned a ladder inside a closet like that and squeezed myself and had to take my phone off my belt to all the stuff out of my pockets um, and to be able to squeeze in the little area and the entrance of that attic I don't know maybe in the 1930s everybody was the size of hobbits I just don't think so so why did you make the attic (laughs) scuttle opening an entranceway so darn small not much larger than a a 12 by 9 uh, 12 inch by 9 inch or 18 inch um, space to get into I can't even get my shoulders past that and I am not a big person I'll, I'll say that At any rate, um, so we want to see in the attic. We want to see insulation, ventilation, uh, any wiring, any moisture stains. Sometimes there's mold in the attic. Sometimes there's creatures who leave behind or are still in there. Um, So we want to put all that kinds of stuff as part of our inspection and also enable you to be on the right path in the future to have a more healthy attic so your house can be healthy for years to come. So, a couple things. Let's cover what to put in attics before we talk about the space and how to ventilate it and insulate it. What should you put in an attic? Rocks and glass. And if you don't have those things in your attic, then don't put anything in your attic. Um, Not even metal, because if it's the least bit humid up there, Uh, which it really shouldn't be, but no more than the regular outside air, it's not a good place to store that because it will will corrode. Um, So I would not store anything in an attic. Put stuff like wedding gowns, baseball cards, Christmas trees somewhere else uh, because that's just a, a uninhabitable, hostile area to store stuff in. There are better places to put it. Okay, now let's cover uh, a little bit about what type of ventilation an attic can take on. Why is it important to ventilate an attic? Well, I'll just give you an example. My house is 1951 built, so it just turned 70 years old at the time of this uh, recording, this podcast. When the house was built, there was no air conditioning. When the house was built, it was popular to accomplish getting the hot air out of your attic as well as pulling air through the house in lieu of an air conditioner that hadn't been invented yet. Or maybe it was, but they just weren't in in houses a whole lot. I don't think so, 1951. I'll have to look that up. Neither here nor there. We had what is called a whole house fan. So at the top of the stairs between my first and second floor. In the ceiling for the attic of the stairwell, which would be above the second floor, 
there was a large screen that actually was four feet by three feet wide. And that screen, darn thing, weighed 20 stupid pounds. How do I know? Because I took it out and I took the whole house fan out. And I'll get to, I'll get to that process in a minute. <clears throat> but the screen was 20 pounds and I had to finish the ceiling, put in new uh, ceiling joists to match the ones that were not there because of the four foot by three foot opening. Did all that, finished the ceiling, painted it. You can't even tell anything was ever there great but now I have an attic that doesn't have very good ventilation and it needs to have it when my house was built there were no soffit vents put in because the air when you turned on the whole house fan pulled air through the house and and vented it outside and basically cooled your attic in the time during the spring and summer where you did want to have your windows open But not in the winter and fall and maybe some of the early spring when it's too cold. So, and your roof didn't heat up a whole lot. And so having just a gable vent where the whole house fan was on the side was maybe enough ventilation for that roof. So let's scoot forward into modern days. We don't really use the whole house fan a whole lot. And quite honestly, opening the windows, because we live in the city, we'd pull a whole lot of dirt in our house, and we don't really want to do that. So we don't run it. That's why I took it out. What did I have to do then? Well, hot air rises, okay? Hot air generally enters from soffits, uh, which are under the eaves of the end of your roof. And hot air rises, and therefore the most logical place to have a roof vent would be at the very top of your roof, which is called a ridge vent. And you create a normal path of air travel that both removes heat in the in the sunny summer and, and late spring and early fall timings, and also um, creates, if you have enough insulation in your attic, a, a lack of heat loss in the winter and, and the heating periods of time, heating months, so that your attic ventilates and you don't get moisture built up or condensation, which then makes basically the wood inside your attic wet, which we've seen in houses before, which for the condensation is an attraction for mold spores. So we don't want that. Okay, so what did I have to do when I took the whole house fan out of the gable vent front of my house, which by the way, that fan that stupid thing weighed exactly 125 pounds. It was unbelievable to take out, dismantle, and get it out of there. Almost killed me, but I got it out and put it on the side of my curb outside my house. And would you believe it? Somebody actually took it. Unbelievable. I was afraid the trash people weren't going to take it. And so somebody drove by, and I guess one of these metal dealers or something must have smelled it from miles away and said, wow, there's 125 pounds of twisted copper and and steel. I've got to take that. So they took it. All good for me. I'm glad it's gone. So I put a glass block window in that vent with two um, uh, tilt-out vents that, that allow passive airflow. And I had roofers put in a ridge vent, which was a pretty... A hefty process because my house is a Cape Cod style with a very steep roof. So they put on a ridge vent 
and so, and I also have soffit vents now that were put in, um, retrofitted after the fact, and um, I have really good ventilation in my attic now, and I have good insulation. So in modern houses nowadays, most houses are built with either passive hat roof vents, which you can almost look at them as like little pizza boxes on the back sides of the house where they're put at almost at the highest point of the roof, but not quite. And <clears throat> the higher up they are, the better because hot air is going to rise and it's going to exit naturally and create a nice little updraft. And then most modern houses are built with soffit vents as well. So air comes in the soffit vents, goes up and leaves through the ridge vent. That's most houses these days. Um, other configurations are a little different than that. You may have a house that has two gable vents, which basically air flows from one end of the house to the other. <clears throat> and maybe somebody somewhere in there puts some passive roof vents on there, on there if the roof does not have soffit vents. These are your most common configurations. Sometimes a roof has a thermostatically controlled fan which basically kicks on when the air reaches a certain temperature, maybe 90 degrees. That's all well and good, but that's not going to run in the winter. And, you, and it is still very, very, very important for air to flow in your attic during the winter. How do you create that? You need a convection. You need some way to trigger airflow. And that very well could be still soffit vents and a ridge vent, which is on top or gable vents, which is a side-to-side -side, <clears throat> um, for your attic. And that is why you don't want moisture entering your attic. And why we inspectors, when we run into situations where we have bathroom fans venting directly into attics, that's not a good thing. Especially if you have people in your family that take really hot showers and really long showers, all that hot moist air is going in your attic, it is going to touch cold, cold uh, roof members and decking <clears throat> and cause condensation when you have those two temperatures hitting each other, cold and hot. And then you're going to get mold to grow on that stuff. Most cases where we have seen mold in attics has always been because we have poor ventilation and we have situations where too much heat from the house is lost into the attic. Ah! So that leads me to pull the thread on why do you need insulation? Insulation is needed on above the ceiling of your first or second floor, depending on where your attic is, to, to stop heat loss from there going into your attic. Therefore, you can see this equation a little bit, it is important that during the winter, if, you, if it is very, very cold outside, you don't want a whole lot of temperature difference between how cold it is outside and how cold it is in your attic. I would suggest probably no more than 10 degree difference, if not less, because condensation forms when you have two different temperatures slapping into each other. I mean, quite honestly, you get a cold front and a hot front, you get some static electricity going on, you get some lightning and all that, and then you, that's where the thunder comes from. But that's another example of hot and cold meeting each other. Well, you don't have lightning in your attic, but you do have the condensation form. <clears throat> and that causes enough problems. So that's where 
The title of this comes from, you don't want to air with your attic either. You want to keep a good temperature, a good airflow, a good heat escape in the summer, and a good breeze and lack of moisture in your attic in the winter. In our part of the country in Cincinnati, we typically like 12 to 14 inches of insulation in the attic. Some people have more, some people have less. But quite honestly, the 12 to 14 is kind of a sweet spot because your power bills won't be all that high if you have a pretty well tightly built house. And also, um, that's how to prevent as much um, heat loss as possible to prevent that condensation because of the typical air temperatures that we have during the during the heating um, heating season. And then if you live up in Cleveland, for example, and scoot over to like Buffalo, New York, Rochester, those types of um, lake effect snow and that sort of stuff, and Minnesota and Wisconsin, um, you have uh, probably, you need about 16 inches of insulation, okay, because you have much colder temperatures um, in those areas. So you want good airflow, You don't want stagnant, still air in your attic, and you want a whole lot of insulation. And what else do you not want in your attic? Pests. That's right. So here are some possible pests. Oh, well, back in the train up a little bit, and I always do that every episode, so uh, I've now now included one train backup in um, in this episode, so I'm right on par. How do, you, uh, how do you interpret a re- uh, home inspection report if the inspector has pointed out that maybe you have six inches of insulation in your attic and he suggests you add more? Well, your negotiation with your realtor, and I do recommend you have a realtor to help you buy or sell your house, um, that's really up to the what the market will bear. Is that something where the seller should add more insulation and bring that up to 12 or 14? I would probably suggest no because that would be an improvement and if the house was built with only six inches in the 1950s that's typically what came with that house and you would be improving things by adding more. Now if a if a roofer put a new roof on a house and outside it looks like it has a ridge vent on top but inside we're looking in the attic and we don't see that that ridge vent was ever cut out on the roof decking or sheathing and therefore there really isn't a ridge vent, and that is a defect with the house. That's something that perhaps you could negotiate with realtors to have that installed because that's a that's a that's frankly a defect and will cause your roof to exhaust faster because in the summer that heat is not escaping from that attic and it's causing power bills to be higher. It is also causing the shingles to exhaust faster than the typical life of that shingle. So uh, that's what I wanted to say about <clears throat> what, uh, what types of things should you expect in your, in your report and how to interpret them and deal with them. Well, before I go back to pests, um, let's cover all the types of vents that you could encounter on a house. I've covered the thermostat vent. I've covered gable vents, which are on each side, like at the tops of the triangles of your ends of your house, the, the pitches of the roof. Ridge vent, again, that's at the very top. That's probably the best vent of all, as well as soffits, the best combination of ventilation. 
cupola. What the heck is a cupola? A cupola looks like a little house with its own little roof. Sometimes they're on detached garages or, or garages in general, sections of houses. And they're generally made of wood, sometimes metal, tin, maybe some older ones. And it's like a square middle de- uh, highest point of the roof place to put a little vent for air to escape. Cupola. You'll have to look up how to spell that one. Turbines. These are manual, air-driven, almost like windmills that are in a little... Um, they, they look like a turbine, like, like you would see in a book or a picture. And they spin and create an updraft to pull air out of the attic. And they really only work in windy times. And therefore, they are probably the most inefficient... Um, I would consider them one of the worst types of um, of roof vents. And if they get hit, because they're usually aluminum, if they get hit with a hailstorm, of course the roof's not going to do too well in a hailstorm either. But if if they get hit, they look kind of ugly and they can get all bent up if a branch hits them and stuff. Um, passive roof vents, those are square metal boxes, no moving parts, no nothing. They just create a, an opening in the roof for air to hot air to escape. Um, so those would probably, and then soffit vents again, that's for the intake. That's not for air to exit. That's for air to go in at the bottom of your, um, <clears throat> of your equation of your airflow. And then out the very top, which would be the ridge or around the edges, corners of the house, which would be your gable vents. And then, uh, as I mentioned about the whole house fan, those you generally have to turn on yourself. The problem with those is you may be in the middle of the summer having a great day, it's hotter than heck outside, and if you don't have any other ways for air to escape out of your house, well, you forgot to turn your whole house fan on. And your windows are shut, by the way, so it's not really going to pull as much air out. And that's, that's why I got rid of mine. They're great for coming back from vacation. Open your windows, turn on your whole house fan. After being away for a week, you, you change out your air in your house in about 10 minutes, and you've got all fresh air in your house, and it smells nice and fresh. Um, but we have air conditioning now, so we need a way to ventilate your attic that doesn't require you to manually turn something on. So that's covering all your vents. Last but not least, pests in your attic. We have seen all kinds of stuff in your attic. And I'm going to just give you some some ways to try to avoid having stuff in your attic. Keep your attic sealed, meaning um, from the outside. Okay, Uh, Fascia board should be flush against the brick. Sometimes that needs to be caulked because bats can actually get between the space of your fascia and get in your attic. That's that trim board that goes up against brick or siding. Uh, Also soffit vents. Sometimes there's holes there. That's a way that they can get in. Your ridge vent on top of your house can actually have missing foam or plastic pieces on the ends where you can stick your fingers in there and somehow the birds and mice and squirrels They somehow see the heat loss. I don't know how. Maybe they can see infrared. I have no idea. I'm not a zoologist or an ornithologist or or any of these uh, professions, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express. But I just know that these critters can sometimes get in gaps, little gaps, um, 
trim missing or corners of vinyl trim and, and pieces coming apart, creating little voids. Bats can get in. Snakes, believe it or not, can climb power lines, wrap themselves around, work their way up, and they do use their tongues for heat. And if they sense heat uh, coming out of a house, and they're going to be attracted to, to trying to get in there to stay warm. And that's another reason for you to have adequate insulation in your house. Keep your attic cold and make it very uninviting for pests. There you go. That's probably the best thing you can do is have enough insulation so that in the winter your attic is not a popular hangout for mice, squirrels, raccoons, and so forth. For you to get raccoons in your house, you really have to be significantly negligent on on keeping track of what the outside of your house looks like, having holes in roofs, um, ridge vents, excuse me, not ridge vents, but gable vents on each end of the house, having those pulling away from the house. And yes, I've inspected a house where gable vents were coming off the house and they did have it, raccoons in it. Um, if you live out in the country a little bit, or even if you don't, you, you have some wooded land and so forth, mice unfortunately have um, nails such that they can climb up vinyl and wood siding, no problem. They can climb up the side of a house of brick. They can get in your attic so easily. Um, there are some do-it-yourself T-1, that's T is in Tom, T is in Tango, dash one, the number one uh, mouse and rat traps. They come in four packs. They work great. They're humane traps that have the chunk of block of food inside. And remember that mice use their whiskers to see. They do not see uh, three blind mice. That's why it's named that. Their whiskers rub up against uh, borders, and that's how they navigate. Um, do not put mouse traps in the middle of an attic or the middle of a garage. They'll never find it. They need to be up against the wall, up against the edge of an attic um, floor or ceiling joist, something like that. And that's how they can find that. And that's how to get rid of them. Uh, squirrels take a little bit of a bigger hole, but they can really compress their bodies also, almost like a bat. A bat is basically a mouse with wings. And uh, my understanding with mice is it only takes a quarter inch hole for a mouse to get in, about the same for a bat, because they can compress their bodies and those little thin wet bones just, just really compress and bend, and they can work their way in with no problem. Once you get one or two bats, it grows and you end up with more. So keep your exterior of your house well sealed. Keep your attic well insulated. Um, starling nests. Starlings are these beautiful birds, but they create an incredible condominium style hay or alfalfa straw type nests that build and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had one in one house I inspected. I kid you not, it was about five feet tall, three feet wide. It had to have been maybe I would consider it to be a 10-story uh, um, apartment building in the middle of a city as far as birds go. And it had to have had 10 or 20 generations of starlings in there. How do you not know something like that is being built in your attic? I just don't know. Um, those to remove just require incredible amounts of... Uh, those construction thin um, 
plastic trash bags and a whole lot of effort and that's basically what we put in the report that plus to use a professional qualified <coughs> extermination company to get those out of there because um, you're really evicting a whole a whole lot of uh, residents when you have one of those um, and it's always startling when we see these really huge startling nests in attics I mean it's, it's just amazing I've also seen um, several generations of like garter snakes in our area of the country in attics that all the snake skins are in the attic and why are they there because the attic is not well insulated because it's nice and warm in the winter and it's a place that you can hibernate if you're a snake how do the snakes get in the attics even on a second floor they climb up the gutters downspouts wrap themselves around and work their way up there or the power line or service cable and they work their way up there as well and they get in the attic that's really about it or somehow they work inside the wall and they work themselves up and they find a way to get in the attic because it's warm <clears throat> pretty amazing and i got to give them a lot of credit when they can get that far up into your house that's pretty amazing so don't store things in your attics uh, make sure your ventilation is is good how do you know your ventilation is good? Well, when we are inspect the house, if we pop open the attic scuttle opening or a sidewall, a uh, little door going in, in some of these Cape Cod style houses, if, if we feel a little breeze, a cold breeze in the winter, that's a good thing. You really do want a breeze in your attic. Um, make sure your ventilation is good. Make sure also that your insulation is adequate spend the money on more insulation if that's a finding in the report for goodness gracious that is a good return on investment especially when you consider power bills don't seem to ever go down so if you can cut your power bill and not lose heat in your attic and remember heat is always lost from a warmer source to a colder source that equation does not reverse heat is lost Okay, and some other body gains that heat that you give up. So um, keep pests out of your attic by having adequate insulation and having the exterior of your house sealed, and you should be in good shape. Okay, I, I really hope that this episode has helped give you a lot of good information about attics, how to stay out of trouble with them. And um, until the next episode, this has been the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And until our next episode, thank you for listening.